Well, yesterday on the show, we covered Arizona's schedule and went game by game. And today we're covering their in-state rival, Arizona State. And boy, Richie Bradshaw of Locked On Sun Devils doesn't have a ton of confidence. I've got a little bit more than him in ASU this year. But am I right? Am I wrong? We'll discuss it all game by game in 2022 for the team in Tempe. Let's go. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster. Thanks for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Conference of Champions. Like, comment, subscribe wherever you're listening to or watching the show. I appreciate everybody out there who has already done so. I am joined today by Richie Bradshaw. He's the host of Locked On Sun Devils, and we couldn't go game by game talking about ASU's schedule without bringing Richie on the show so it is great to have you here my man thank you very much Spencer I'm always happy to talk Arizona State Sun Devils no matter how optimistic or pessimistic I might be I was gonna say there's probably going to be a better for worse there uh, after that <laughs> that statement I am married uh, to that college that's for sure that that's just the way that's the way it is right that's what that's what real sports fans are is we're, we're with our teams through the ups and the downs, and you go through the downs to appreciate the ups. Before we get into a a game-by-game sort of preview here, not a full breakdown, but like we've been doing here on the show over uh, uh, the past week or so, we're just uh, predicting what will happen in each game and you know having a, a thought or two here or there. For those of you who haven't listened to a show in the last uh, week and change prior to this one, I'm on vacation as you listen to this right now, so we're recording this well in advance. And if there's a piece of news or a question you have and you want to ask me, you won't get an answer on the show immediately, but... You can go to my DMs at smalls underscore 55 or at LO underscore pack 12, and I can just shoot you a message or uh, send you some thoughts because I'll still be able to do that. But recording a new show, probably not going to be the cards with where uh, we are headed, my my family and I. So let's get into uh, ASU and their over under win total, Richie. According to our friends at Bet Online, is five and a half, which is down from nine in 2021 they were expected to be a legit contender and in some sense they were i mean they were six and three in conference play eight and five overall after they lost their bowl game and their over under win total was nine in in 2021 so they were you know about the team that the betting markets expected them to be but now odds makers are are predicting a massive drop off here and there's some pretty good reason for that with a lot of departures to the nfl draft and the transfer portal as well but I don't know that I've seen that big of a jump in one year in either direction, frankly, for a team where 2021, they're expected to win around nine. And this year, five and a half, I mean, three and a half games in a college football season. That's a that's a pretty dramatic shift in, in expectations. Do, do you feel that that's a, a justified or appropriate number for ASU going into 2022? Unfortunately, I do think that it is a completely justifiable number is that you lost uh, 17 players to the transfer portal, close to 10 players to the NFL draft, uh, short of, you know, Herm Edwards coming back, short of Merlin Robertson and Kyle Soley on the defense, Ben Scott and Ladarius Henderson on the offensive line. The rest of your roster is 
pretty much brand new in terms of like full-time starting experience. So you just, and, and you lost both your coordinators to offensive and defensive. They're gone. So you have a lot of question marks that need to be answered. And it's in a very pivotal season because Herm is on the hot seat, not just for uh, his, his job sake in terms of winning and losing football games, but also because of the NCAA violations, like, if he doesn't win seven, eight, nine games, he might not be safe. He's gotta, he's gotta find a way to will this team to get that far. And it's a very, it's very much an uphill battle. Yeah, and it starts off. The schedule does on September first. That's a Thursday, uh, which could help them a little, but probably won't. We'll talk to talk about that for game number two. But they open the season with a team that pulled an FBS upset a year ago, knocking off Arizona in Tucson, and that's NAU, Northern Arizona, coming out of the big sky, a team that I've been around a lot here uh, for the past year doing play-by-play in uh, the big sky conference. Now the school I'm with, Southern Utah, is moving to the WAC, but... That's a, that's a team in NAU that's not an FCS powerhouse. That, that's a middle-of-the-road Big Sky school. The Big Sky is a very good FCS football conference, to be sure. Uh, but that's a game that I think we're all, as Pac-12 fans, just sitting there hoping and praying, like, goodness gracious, we, let, let, let's win that one, please, because we had two FCS losses that last year, and as a conference, it's tough to shake that when Montana goes into 20th ranked Washington's home stadium and, and beats them and sends their season into a downward spiral. And then NAU goes in and beats Arizona to continue their winning streak, which got all the way out to 20 games. Is ASU going to, to fall victim to that FCS momentum that they seemingly have against the Conference of Champions? Or uh, I, I suspect they'll get the win, but how do you feel? Yeah, I don't think this is, this is uh, like a like a loss for Arizona State, but I also don't think this is a, a game you're going to win by 20-plus points. For whatever reason, Arizona State plays down to their competition is probably the best way to put it. And with an NAU, like it's, it's not a team that you're going to go in and just beat the top off of them like you should. Arizona State, at least for like the last 10-ish years, for whatever reason, just does not blow out FCS teams the way that they're supposed to. I remember I was on campus back in 2015, and we opened up the year against Cal Poly. We were down at halftime, and I think we beat them by like a touchdown. It was it was anything but ideal, and that's been the story for a long time for Arizona State. And in a year with all the changes, like we're talking about, it wouldn't be a surprise if that was still the narrative here. And they weren't able to beat NAU by 20 or 30 points. But I do think it's a win. Yeah, I, I, I don't see it happening there. They did beat Southern Utah convincingly a year ago, 41 to 14. But there are just mm-hmm. always those times where you look up at your opponent and uh, you're just saying to yourself, what? what? Why is this not a 35-point route at the half? And, and what you said, playing down to your competition is a very real thing in uh, college sports. Now, that game is on a Thursday, September 1st, so I think they'll win, and so do you. They'll start 1-0, and then they have nine days in between that first game and their next game, which is probably their toughest of the year, definitely in the non-conference slate, but could be overall as well, because they have to go at Stillwater and play an Oklahoma State team that was quite literally, for those of you watching on YouTube, that far, I mean literally that far 
from getting into the college football playoff. Instead, Cincinnati got the nod after they lost to Baylor in what was one of the best games in 2021 in the Big 12 championship game. It was a really fantastic contest uh, to watch there. You're going to go at Stillwater. Those are rowdy fans there in Oklahoma. They love their Cowboys. They're going to have some high hopes after a near college football playoff caliber season last year. They still won the Fiesta Bowl. I mean, that's a 12-win team. I think this is just uh, a case of two programs at, at different points in their head coach's tenures where Oklahoma State is on the upswing with Gundy, who's been there for a long, long time, and ASU feels like they're on the downswing with Herm Edwards. It would be an upset if ASU won, but I don't see it. I I agree with you. I mean, you could play this game on the moon, and I would still take Oklahoma State pretty convincingly. Like you mentioned, last year against Baylor in that Big 12 championship game, that legitimately was one of the best games in the 2021 oh, so season. So oh, good. good. It was amazing. And they're a very well-coached team with Mike Gundy. They still have Spencer Sanders at quarterback, and he's a very underrated athlete and somebody who can win them a lot of football games. Having to go to Stillwater is really just putting a hat on a hat at this point. Like, I just, I, I don't like ASU's chances whatsoever in this game. Whatever the spread is that you want to take uh, for Oklahoma State, you take it. I don't care if it's 40 and a half points, take it. Because <laughs> Oklahoma, Oklahoma State is going to roll our Sun Devils. And if we pull off the upset, then I I will I will eat my hat. <laughs> All right, you got it on the record right there. Richie will eat the hat if that happens, but he thinks you should bet Oklahoma State no matter what. And if you want to do that, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, Go Mariners, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even my personal favorite, golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online source for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Let's keep rolling with ASU's schedule here. Their final non-conference affair comes at home against Eastern Michigan. Uh, I believe they play in the MAC. I'm going to double-check that here. I, again, I'm hoping this is a win because even with an ASU roster that has been decimated by the transfer portal and the NFL draft departures, they've brought in a number of players via the transfer portal, uh, you know, a couple former four stars and plenty of three stars in there as well. You still should have more talent on the roster than, than Eastern Michigan. This is a game that if ASU gets through, I think Sun Devil fans can breathe, not a full sigh of relief, but maybe like a, okay. Uh, you know, just like a little, a little short breath right there. But do you think there's a chance they, they get tripped up by Eastern Michigan? Yeah, I mean, you can just copy paste what I said for the NAU game is, you know, I, I understand their FCS and they're not they're not a great team in terms of like stacking up against a power five school competition. But it just it, it doesn't matter with Arizona State with how decimated they are this year. I do let think let, it's let me tell you off just just real quick. They're not FCS. They're group of five. So they're they're oh. FBS. Yeah, it's it's mid, it's the, the mid mid American conference. But the fact that you didn't know is again a testament to the fact that of what we're saying. ASU better win this game. Yeah, uh, big mistake there. Any Eastern Michigan fans listening, I'm very very sorry. You can come yell at me at uh, Locked On Podcast though, or uh, Locked On Sun Devils. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I. 
either way, I, I, I feel like this is a win. I just am not confident that it's a 20 plus point win. Yeah, I, I also like that it's at home. If they're on the road, I might have an inclination of, mm, I don't know, if vibes are not immaculate, then maybe off that loss against Oklahoma State, in which they could very easily get trounced, maybe it wouldn't be as good. But at home, uh, I've got them winning. I think they go to 2-1. and one. Then conference play begins, and luckily they're at home for their first Pac-12 opponent. Unluckily, it's against Utah. And I think even at home... Camp. Yeah, the rating Pac-12 champs in my preseason prediction to uh, repeat as as the top team in the conference this year. I I just can't. I, I mean, look, would it be the world's largest upset? No, I think you have a better chance to beat Utah than you do Oklahoma State because you're at home if you're ASU. But all three facets of the game, offense, defense, special teams, and then coaching as well. I, I think I'm rolling with the Utes here. I, I think they're they're just the better team all around. As long as Kyle Whittingham is there, there's something in the water in Utah, and they just constantly are reloading that team, and it feels like they don't even have to reload because those guys come back for their senior years all the time. Utah is, like you said, primed to win the Pac-12 again. They would also be my favorites to pick the Pac-12, uh, not just favorites in terms of like you know like wins and losses, but also my favorites in in the sense of like I just I like the Utes. I hate them for one week a year and that's when Arizona State has to play them. Other than that I really like the Utes and the way they're coached and the way they play football. But unfortunately the way they play football is winning football. And <laughs> yeah. that's that's going to be bad news for Arizona State. It and I understand that they have to come to Tempe this year. And who knows, maybe maybe at 2 and 1 and opening conference play with all the all the odds stacked against you, maybe maybe the crowd is a little more into it in terms of like you know what we're here to prove something, and who knows maybe this could be a storm the field kind of game depending on how high Utah is, and we want to create a trap game for them. With that being said, as of right now, I'm just not confident in taking that game. Who knows what the what the narratives could be going into it by this time? I mean, we're at the end of September when this game would kick off. But right now, looking at it, it is a loss. Yeah, and if you're going into it two and one, that's one thing. But like you said, if if they trip up against Eastern Michigan, you're going into this one and two. You're you're gonna have some bad bad vibes around the the Sun Devil football program, and I think that would make that game even even tougher. Next week, uh, or the next week, I should say, October first at USC. I think this is a loss on the road, especially because it's on the road. Now, USC defensively is not going to be elite this year because they were far from it a season ago, and like that'll just take Alex Grinch a little bit more time. But that's also never something they really did at Oklahoma. It's not how they won games. They won games by scoring a lot of points. If their offensive line stays healthy, they've got really good running backs with Austin Jones and Travis Dye, a couple Pac-12 transfers. Caleb Williams, of course, is a future NFL first-round pick. And then they have one of the deepest wide receiving cores imaginable in any conference, let alone the the Pac-12. To me, this feels like a USC win because the Trojans, Trojans have just got too much firepower. Yeah, it's going to be a tough place to go to on the road in the Coliseum. USC, for better or for worse, does have a very good home field advantage, and they should have lots of lots of reason to want to show up to these games with Lincoln Riley bringing in 
a new mentality and hopefully bringing back the offensive days of the Matt Leiner, Reggie Bushes of the world. Because you do have Caleb Williams in there who looked like one of the 10 best quarterbacks in college football last year. You have Jordan Addison that you brought in via the transfer portal, who's the reigning Bolitnikov winner. I mean, that's absolutely insane. You've got that backfield. Uh, Like you said, the defense probably isn't there this year, but they've got some pieces, including Arizona State linebacker Eric Gentry, who transferred there. There's there's a lot to like with this USC team. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) sorry. There's a butt in there. But... I don't think it's there this year. I think they're a year away. And I think ASU goes into LA and pulls off a huge upset this year. Really? I do. I think wow. that ASU ASU has had USC's number the last the last few years. I mean, it's it's just it those teams have a very underrated rivalry between each other. And I think that ASU should not be discounted for this game. And like I said, I just I think USC is still a year away. I don't think they're a nine or ten win team the first year Lincoln Riley's there. I think he's got to get his his feet a little wet and get adjusted to everything. And I think Arizona State takes advantage because they want to prove like, oh yeah, Lincoln Riley's not meant for the Pac-12, even though he's he's not because he's a lot better and he's going to the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I I do think this is an upset for Arizona State, so I have him starting off three and two. Wow, I I did not uh, I did not have that on on my schedule prediction. Uh, I had him getting back to 500 the next week uh, against uh, an opponent that's yeah, you know not quite as tough as uh, USC. Boy, that's our first major uh, disagreement there. You you picking USC, but I I respect the boldness, man. And you know. I'm sure there will be plenty of people who will watch or listen to this and say, oh, that's ridiculous. They couldn't possibly do that. Show me a major upset that you thought was going to happen beforehand. And if you thought it was going to happen ahead of time, it probably wasn't that big of an upset. So I respect you going out on a limb there. I don't think that that happens because it's in L.A. I think upsets are more primed for uh, a home field advantage for the team that that is oh, yeah. not that is not favored. Um so that, that's one reason I like the Trojans there. But the next week, ASU comes back home against Washington. And, and I, I find this matchup to be really interesting. I think you could brand this game as like the dormant Pac-12 football brands. Like right now, at, as their programs currently stand, and Washington is picking it back up on the recruiting trail, but you know, l- last year or so, does ASU or Washington feel like they are even remotely close to where their ceilings are as football teams. Man, how how much of a fall from grace has Washington have? Because it it was a few years ago, like 4 or 5 years ago they four, were in, yeah. They were they were in the playoff. Yeah. And I mean they they were five, high, maybe 5, 6 it, uh, I think 5 5 from now, 4 for what yeah, some, something like that. Not whatever long. it was. Yeah, they were a very well coached team with Chris Peterson. They had lots of offensive talent. Their secondary was disgustingly good. You had Buda Baker, you had Sidney Jones who's one good. of my all-time favorite draft crushes. I'm bummed he didn't pan out. But there, there were so, so many great things going on with that program. And like you said, they're, they're a dormant team now. They've really fallen off. And I don't really know how to feel about Washington because I don't, 
I don't want to sleep on them, but at the same time, I don't necessarily look at them as a team that should be able to de not dethrone, but to, to knock off Arizona state, especially at home in Tempe. But unfortunately that's what I'm going to do is, you know, for Arizona state this year, two good things can't happen in a row. And I think coming off a big loss, you're going to be feeling really tall, really hefty and, on top of the world and Washington's going to come in and knock you off. So three and three. I I've also got them three and three at this point, but I, I think between ASU and Washington who are, you know, trying to find themselves and Washington has a little more of an upward trajectory, I think, than uh, Arizona state, but neither is in a great spot. I don't expect big things from either school this year. I've got Washington going four and eight. I've got ASU winning this game only because they're at home. If this were in Seattle, I'd say, yeah, let's let, let let's go with the Huskies there, but I've got uh, ASU. So we're both at 3 and 3, just getting there a a little bit differently. Then they've got their bye and before uh their their Stanford game is when their bye takes place, but that's a game that's in Palo Alto on the road. And I I do like that they'll have the extra week off. You know, uh more time to game plan, more time to to rest up, maybe get an injured player or two kind of back in the rotation and, and practicing and, and such. Um, but th- this game, I, I know Stanford was bad last year. I don't see them being quite that bad this year. I don't think they'll be great, but I, I, I have them going 500 this season and I, I, I have them uh, beating the, the Sun Devils in this game at home. Going to Palo Alto is never easy. I know David Shaw's teams have not been as good as the height of the Andrew Luck and the height of the Kevin Hogan eras that he had back there. McCaffrey and, too, yeah. Yeah, McCaffrey was there. Uh, Gerhardt was just before him. That was Jim Harbaugh. But yeah, that was had, with Luck. I, and countless tight ends. I mean, yeah. Kobe Fleener, Zach <laughs> so Ertz. many, So many tight ends. And they've got more. They got a big uh, tight end commitment not long ago, of actually. His do. name is... His name is eluding me right now, but yeah, they're just, that's tight end university right there. Yes, it absolutely is. Them and Iowa. Yes. And they've had great defensive players too. Like just big throwback pack 12 name Shane Scove was. Oh yeah. Shane. Oh yeah. Shane Scove and Chase Thomas. That was a lethal duo. Lethal, lethal, lethal duo, duo right there. The Stanford Cardinal are a far cry from those teams, but I do expect them to be better this year. There's a lot of hype for Tanner McKee for like NFL draft circles. Like they really, really like this kid. And I think everyone forgets that he was in the same recruiting class as Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Like he just had taken a couple years off previously for a, uh, for a Mormon retreat and is now a little bit older than the rest of those guys. But he, he was very quality last year. He came into Tempe with, I think it was 11 touchdowns and zero picks but he left that game throwing three picks and losing that game. I think Arizona State has has a good feel for what McKee wants to do. They clearly did some really good film study last year in order to be able to make him very turnover prone in that game at least. And I think they should be able to recapture that same energy here again, even in Palo Alto. Uh, I do like Arizona State in this game. I will take them here and I have them four and three now. Yeah, McKee a season ago, 10 games, 65% completion, which is uh, more than solid. 
does need to work on the, the touchdown interception ratio, 15 to seven. I think that's where he can improve, but you know, in Stanford's offense going for 230 to 250 yards a game, a couple touchdowns and limit the turnovers. That's what David Shaw wants you to do. So I like Stanford. You like the devils uh, next week. They go at Colorado. I think that's how ASU gets back to 500, uh, which is where I have them finishing at the end of the 2022 season. I, I think the Buffs are going to be the worst team in the Pac-12 this year, worse than Arizona. I, I just do not have a good feeling about where they're going. Their their quarterback room might be Brendan Lewis, might be JT Shrout. I don't love either option there. They lost a bunch of players from the portal. This game is in Boulder. I don't think that's going to be much of an issue for, for ASU. I, I think the Sun Devils get this one done. I do too. I mean, I think that Colorado – unfortunately, and I don't hate Colorado by any means. I feel the same way with them as I do Utah. Like I hate them one week a year. Other than that, I find myself cheering for Colorado. And that was a team that took Texas A&M down to the wire last year. A&M ended up being a team that knocked off Alabama. Colorado played them to the whistle in that 10, seven, a barn burner. It was. And it was a uh, Isaiah Spiller, like, uh, touchdown, it was like a wheel route or something and mm-hmm. within the within the final like five minutes of the game or something like that. Like AM really struggled against Colorado. And I feel like that's gonna be the same thing for Arizona State. Is I don't I don't think that we're blowing out any team this year. I don't think we're blowing out NAU or Eastern Michigan. I don't think we're blowing out uh USC. I don't think we're gonna blow out Colorado either. But I do think that you are just a better football team. There's no reason you should lose this game. If there was a trap game for Arizona State on this schedule, this would probably be it. But Colorado would be the trap game for every team in the Pac-12, just because, with no offense, they they are the worst team in the Pac-12. But I am going to go ahead and take Arizona State in this game. And somehow I have them 5-3. and three. Somehow, some way. Next week, <laughs> UCLA. This is my big upset for ASU. I've got them losing to USC, but this is the game at home against the Bruins. And I think now I got to be honest, I don't feel great about it, but I was looking up and down. I'm like, I I feel like a team like this is going to have an upset win somewhere. And this is a game at home against a team that they beat a season ago. UCLA under Chip Kelly has had some really good moments, but has also had some letdowns. I think this will be one of their few letdowns in 2022 and they're not a perfect team, though UCLA is better top to bottom. I think ASU in, in Tempe finds a way to get this done, and they move to 5-4. and four. I think this is going to be another really good game, and I'm, I'm going to go like the opposite of what you did, where you took one LA school to win in UCLA and one LA school to beat ASU and USC. I'm doing the opposite. I've got us beating USC but losing to UCLA. You know, we we pulled off a pretty solid win against them last year, but Dorian Thompson Robinson is back. Zach Charbonnet is back. Uh, uh, Chip Kelly is still continuing to build a good football team. Now, he's not what he was at Oregon. He never will get back to that status, but no. he does have UCLA as a very, very good contending football team, and I think that trend continues. I think they got some salt in their wounds from last year's loss in LA. And I think they've got revenge on their mind and that they're going to want to come to Tempe and win this game. And this is, I will, I will say this, this is a very winnable game. 
on paper, you should stack up pretty well against UCLA compared to a USC, which is an upset that I have. You should stack up better against UCLA, but I just don't trust it. And I'm unfortunately, I, I am taking them to lose this game. So I got them at five and four now. Yeah, we both got them five and four. We got three more games on the schedule. Let's go like semi uh, rapid fire here. Washington State on the road. The Cougars last several years been sneaky good at home. I think they're going to have a better record this season than ASU. And I, I like the Cougars overall. And though I do have the Sun Devils finishing at six and six, I think they lose this one up in Pullman. I agree. I think uh, Wazoo is a very competitive football team, even after the departure of Mike Leach, uh, Leach a couple of years ago. But I think that uh, Arizona State just they got they got absolutely humbled last year. That was the only home game I got to go to as a fan, and we got completely embarrassed. Jaden Delore is gone, but I don't trust Arizona State to win this game, so I got them dropping the five and five now. Yeah, I like Jaden Delora a lot, and I, I like that pickup for Arizona, but Cam Ward, the incarnate Ward transfer, may very well have a, a higher ceiling than, than Delora did at the quarterback position there, or else why would they be uh, making that swap? Final home game of the year for the Devils, November 19th against Oregon State. I feel a lot better about the Beavs going into this year than I do the Sun Devils, and I think Jonathan Smith goes in there with his team, and they get the win. I also... We're, uh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I actually am going to take Arizona State in this game. I think uh, I think they, similar to what UCLA has got going on with revenge on their mind, Arizona State does. Now, Arizona State, historically, I don't understand, cannot win in Corvallis. It is, it is the strangest thing. We can't do it. But Oregon State's coming to us this year. We're going to be pretty PO'd, and I think that we're going to pull off a really nice win. Get us to six and five, officially bowl eligible. I, I have them uh, dropping that one to be five and six, which means they'll come into their rivalry game, which will be on the road on November 25th at Arizona. That game looks like will be on a Friday. I think ASU will have that motivation to get bowl eligible and get it done against an Arizona program that is ascending but has not arrived yet they still need more time with jed fish so i think asu wins that game and and goes to six and six how do you see that battle of arizona playing out six straight wins baby arizona state's <laughs> gonna go down to tempe they're gonna get this win they're gonna will themselves to a seven and five record and i know that i'm pessimistic about this team but if you're gonna look at me at after i started the show and said five and a half makes me nervous you're gonna look at me ASU fans and tell me I'm pessimistic when I just took you to go seven and five. I don't know what to tell you, but I think Arizona state is going to somehow will their way to a winning record because it's, it's going to come down to the wire. Like I said, I got them six and five with some really coin flip games because Oregon, Oregon state could go either way. They could easily lose to USC. And I just, for whatever reason, ASU is just really, really come into their own in this rivalry. You're writing a five-game winning streak. Fun fact, there is an account on Twitter called Arizona like Time Clock or something like that. I can't remember what it is. But basically, they tweet every single day. It's been this many days since uh, since U of A beat Arizona State. And we're almost at like 2,100 days now. So that's not stopping anytime soon. We're going six straight wins, seven and five. 
ASU fans certainly hope that uh, that will be the case, and we will hope to continue to bring on Richie Bradshaw of Locked On Sun Devils. He's got him going seven and five. I have him going six and six. And and just one very quick final word here, Richie. I will not be surprised if we're both wrong and they're under five hundred. Would you? Hundred percent agree. Yep. It's uh, <laughs> we're in I, the same. We're in, we're in the same same sort of boat there. Thanks for taking yep. the time. Good to talk to you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, always appreciate it, Spencer. I appreciate everyone listening. See you next time and have a wonderful rest of your day.